Happy holiday season. Here at Panelism, we celebrate Tectivus, the airing of technological grievances. I am Todd. And I'm Taylor. Hello. I <laughs> Hello. Um, and what a, what a fitting way to get into this episode where I experience a ton of technical difficulties. It's It um, has to be Tectivist because we are experiencing, I mean, this whole year has been fraught with technical difficulties, but like this particular episode, of course, we're starting, what, 30 minutes after our a scheduled time, but you know, it's a great way to kick off this year's Tectivist, Todd. It really is, um, and I especially wanted to uh, to start it off with um, with something that you were not expecting, which oh. is uh, I I've got a bone to pick with you. Oh, all right. um, how dare you, sir? How dare you get me into a show called the Sex Lives of College Girls <laughs> <laughs> and t- take up my entire Saturday. <laughs> well, let me now let me let me explain to our listeners. It. Let me explain to our listeners. I had just flipped on HBO yesterday and uh, as is sometimes uh, happens, they you know flash some new thing at me, some new show and I was like, "Oh, that looks interesting." And it was like by Mindy Kaling. And I thought, "Well, let me just check this out." And as I was watching it, I, I actually just, I rolled into, I always start with new things, especially on HBO. I usually start with episode two, just because that, you know, the, the pilot send tends to oh, be a okay. little bit. Yeah. And then if it's a show I like, I go back and start over. I see. Um, and I did that with Silicon Valley and that's an apropos comparison because I texted Todd and said, Hey, I, I, I might be wrong, but, uh, sex lives with college girls might be the new Silicon Valley. And I said that because there were several characters who kind of fit that, you know, oh, like that Shakespearean, like comedy of errors, like right, archetypes, right. right? And there was one character in particular um, uh, who was, like, I swear to God, is the female equivalent of Thomas Middletick. Uh, she titch, definitely is. Tech or Titch. And I was like, how is this possible? And so I, I, and I haven't even, I've just finished one episode. I haven't watched anything else, but it sounds like you oh. went all in. Well, I watched the entire series, uh, and there are two dire consequences from this. One is that now I have a terrible crush on Pauline Chalamet, or yep. however you pronounce that last name. Chalamet, yeah. Uh, and I, that was unforeseen. And then secondly, I'm invested in the outcomes of this of the characters yeah, here. Yeah. And it's, I was like... Oh no! I've I I I don't feel as dirty as as if I had watched Gossip Girl. Yes, but there was definitely something. Um, you know, of course, I I anticipated a completely different kind of show with that same. title. I, yeah, I thought same. it was going to be much more of like a Sex in the City sort of thing. Um, and I, I had the same feeling of like, oh, it's Mindy Kaling. Like, I, I got to check this out. This could be cool. Um, I didn't know that she was a producer until you had suggested it. And um, anyway. I watched eight episodes of it yesterday, and, <laughs> it is, and, I, and I'm to, just like, oh, come on! What's? 
I got to know what's going to happen. Well, and one, one does have to be a little cautious because, yes, the title of the show is Sex Lies of College Girls. So, you know, men of our age, uh, it does seem a little like, well, should I be watching this? I, again, I only clicked in because the graphic looked cool and it said, you know, by Mindy Kaling. And I'm always like, well, what's she up to these days? And then it kind of sucks you in because they do. You really do. They, I mean, these kinds of comedies, especially on HBO, really come down to the cast. And they, you can tell they nailed that from the, the get-go, right? Just that cast has it's perfectly oh. balanced. Every sort of quirky thing is you know there. And it, it, it reminds me a lot of the four or five guys from Silicon Valley. Just, you know, the it's just they're women now. Um, there's even kind of an well, Ehrlich Bachman one, you know, sort of one. So... So <laughs> it's funny too because I, I think it's like in the thumbnail where one of them is dressed straight up like Cher from Clueless, <laughs> and I think that was kind of off-putting. Like oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to. Like yeah. I'm just, I, I didn't. It didn't look like it was going to be a but, goofy, but, fun hey, wait, comedy like Clueless. Pause there though, because Clueless based on a freaking Shakespeare story. So it's like you know, oh, it's, you know, Jane Austen. Yeah, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Jane Austen. I'm, why did I say that? What am I but, thinking of? I'm thinking of 10 Things I Hate About You. Sorry. Um, but yes. yes. Also, yes. that is Shakespeare. Uh, Emma, Emma and is basically the basis of Clueless, so it's also based yes. on high literature. And The Taming of the Shrew is 10 Things I That's Hate right. About You, Thank I believe. You. I get those confused um, all the time. Uh, but so anyway, so as I, I okay, so the third consequence of this is that you have ruined my Google searches. Oh, I'm going to no. have to purge history <laughs> because I keep, you know, I'm just I'm one of those people that like when I'm watching a show, I'm I'm googling things about it, uh-huh. and then I'll and then I'll you know turn the phone off and then I'll pick the phone back up. And so I must have typed in sex lives of college girls like eight times, you know, once per episode to, to, you know, to get like more information on the cast. But the, uh-huh. the actor who plays, who, who's dressed like Cher, it turns out she, she was on Broadway as Regina George in mean girls. And I was oh, like, Oh my God, they must've seen that and gone that's her yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get, and and her character is you know surprisingly complicated and uh and you come around on her so i would not say i i, lo- I love your comparison to like silicon valley and the shakespearean nature of it um it did not it did not hit me in the same way but no, i like looking it, yeah. at it through that lens yeah um so who is it that you think is the um uh tom who is the thomas middleditch Oh, that clearly uh, Pauline Chalamet, which, by the way, oh, okay. f- yeah, fun yeah. fact, is the older sister of Timothy Chalamet. So be, you don't even have to look that up. That's that is correct. Um, yes, because I'm looking at her going. She looks familiar, and I looked at the name. I was like I, Chalamet. Well, clearly she's got to be the really, and sure enough, she was related to. Uh, yeah, she's she does look really familiar. But when I look up her filmography, I haven't seen her in anything. No, she's pretty new. Pretty, I mean, um, but she's almost thirty. Been at it. You know? I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, so, and then who is the Falstaff Ehrlich character? <laughs> I, I, again, I've only seen one episode, and yeah. then maybe like, a, like maybe just a few, I hunted and pecked at a few others just to kind of get a sense of it, watch the trailer and everything. I think it's Bella. I think Bella has a, oh, okay. um, uh, Interesting. who's played by Amrit Kaur, Kaur? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce her name, um, but she's got, she's sort of the most flamboyant in terms of like ego and just sort of constantly she's some of the things that she says now again it's not a one-to-one comparison right um and they've taken some liberties but that's just so far i was just kind of like okay this is you know maybe leighton but i haven't i didn't get enough enough sort of look at leighton to really know if she's where she fits in that scheme of things but if you go back we mentioned this on previous episodes where we deep dive on silicon valley but 
the genius of that show is that they looked at Shakespeare and I would say specifically Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream and took that <laughs> the mechanicals which are the guys who put on the play inside Midsummer Night's Dream it's you know it's Nick Bottom and Peter Quince and that whole crew and they literally said all right who's our equivalent of each of these characters and that's how they built Silicon Valley and Silicon Valley is basically the mechanicals as like a whole show and it works brilliantly as a result of that because those archetypes are baked in right so then to say well let's do another one and we'll kind of pick, you know, not that they're just copying Silicon Valley, but they have those archetypes in place for this show, it seems like, in, in a similar kind of way. So you get the build on. So, and, and yeah, there's been comedy ensembles for years and years and years, but specifically choosing those archetypes seems to be a more a more newer, at least a, it, it has become in vogue since, I would say, 2012, 2013. So you get to see that a lot more. I didn't see it, by the way, like contrasting this show with um i i've my wife and i've gotten really into new girl because we didn't watch it at all when it came out interesting and so okay. going back on netflix and also an ensemble show but it, it does not i bring it up because it does not have those sort of shakespearean archetypes it's just much more of a kind of a you know i don't even know how you call it. How, how do you even describe new girl like that's probably why i didn't get into it because i could never get pitched the right way um anyway <laughs> i don't sorry. know i never got into it so this, this is a this is a cul-de-sac i did not want to go down so we can I, we can go back yeah. to tectivus yeah i mean uh we start out every tectivus with a little <laughs> a little friendly chat and then we really get to the airing of grievance <laughs> well and let's real quick I, for, for new what? listeners we should explain what tectivus is if you aren't familiar yes. with seinfeld specifically there is a a very you know well-known sort of thing or event in seinfeld where uh, george's dad has festivus so instead of like Christmas, he celebrated, he created his own holiday called Festivus and they put up this Festivus poll. But crucial to the holiday is this thing called the airing of grievances where they sit around the table, kind of Thanksgiving style, and they just basically, you just bitch about everything else that, you know, about, er- about everybody else, you know. <laughs> you list the ways someone has disappointed you over yep. the last year. Yep. And so um, we we took that concept, and now for several years now we have done our own tectivus, and I it's been I don't know if we did it last year. I forget actually. I, actually, I, you know, I was just trying to look that up, and uh, another tech grievance: our website's not coming up. Well, hell, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, There's number one. I, and I I don't know that we were that regular about it because but there there was I feel like there's a, a crucial stage setting thing we have to do, yes. which was uh, we were both of us previously were iPad owners, yes, Android users, um, and then we were split on our desktops. You were a Windows user, and then I was mostly a Chromebook user, although wow. I had, I would mix our podcasts on a Mac, um, on a MacBook, but I, uh, but as, you know, my day job is writing, and I really loved the Chromebooks just it's just a browser kind of function. You know, I'm just in Google Docs writing like little distractions. I, I For years, I, I abused that Chromebook and I loved it. So with that stage set, we have crazy news, which is that we both independently, although we did discuss it before it happened, had made the decision to go iPhone this yep. year. Yep. Um, that was earlier this year. That was back in the spring. Because my my I had a did Pixel you go that two. early? Yeah, so I was a, a little later. I, went I was a very summer. happy Pixel Two owner. Very happy. Okay. Um, okay. In fact, I would say up, up until this, the Pixel Two was the best phone I'd ever had, and clearly oh, yeah. the best camera um, yeah. at the time. And you, in a 
Well, and real quick, in a in a just awfully traumatic event, I was walking down our stairs like the weekend of Easter, oh. and it dropped from my hand in slow motion, Portlandia style, bounced on each stair and you know, cracked <laughs> the screen as each each stair it hit. And then by the time it got to our gravel parking area, like the whole the screen was just destroyed, and I just had to sit there and cry. And I was like, "Well, shoot." Were you a an Android user before the Pixel? Oh yeah, I'd been an Android. I've okay, never okay. owned an iPhone. Um, Got it. Okay, yeah. okay. I'd flirted with it in the past, but the, it was either too small or I had other problems. Now I had an. Hmm. I was like, when the iPod Touch came out, I had one of those, like way back, like in 07. Right, right. But other than that, I'd never had a never had an iPhone. Well, I and uh, um, I, I just wanted to add one context to that, which is you were so excited by the Pixel Two camera. Yes. That you on your honeymoon, you as a photographer did not take another camera that's correct you were yeah. you were like I, this is so good i i'm not taking like a, a an slr like i'm just taking the phone yep. and you were super super happy about it oh i took um, some amazing shots with that yeah. with that camera yeah 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 and and, and at that time uh with, we were talking like 2018 20 you know that would have been 2018 at that time it truly mm. was i mean Come at me, Apple fans. Like the Pixel Two had the best camera, uh, beat any iPhone. Was way you know was kind of ahead of everybody. And then with the iPhone Twelve, that all kind of changed again. And so mm, you know, I kept okay. hearing. I saw the the event last year and was kind of like, well, that's interesting. That might be the first iPhone I could actually be intrigued by. So when my Pixel died a horrible death, um, I I did you know I, I looked at other pixels too and I really thought about it but I looked at that iPhone 12 and I went shoot this might be the time but even more important than that was this crazy twist where Apple had decided to double down on privacy and really yeah, make yeah. data protection and privacy and you know how apps track you or don't track you like they made that a kind of a crucial plank of their company which I really respect because that has been increasingly more of a concern for me google kind of has gone the other direction or at least android has gone the other direction um and so i was just like i don't know man if apple's gonna really put this forward and make this important i almost feel obligated to like get an iphone just to reward that behavior you know i i agree that it's i'm i love the way you put that as a reward because that is so much of how i felt about it so and maybe maybe some other crucial context is we both bought our phones before the 13 was released. Yes. Um, which one did you get? Which iPhone? 12 Pro. Okay, but not. Wait, is the, it, uh, is this the huge one? I can't no, remember. No, that's what the, huge the one is That's the Pro Max. I got the mm, Pro Max. Okay. So the 12 Pro is the same thing as the 12. Uh, it just has that extra. It just has a better camera and better sort of memory and everything. And then like, mm. if you want the really big one, you gotta get the Max. So I. I got the 12 mini and my hardware concern was, um, and th this is a, a, a totally stupid th thing that I, I, I have no way of justifying why this happened, but I owned <laughs> two pixel three A's. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> explain that. This is I news to me. The, the large one and the small one. Okay. Um, just feel it, whatever mood you're in. It's like, I'm in a small mood today. Well, it, uh, I, 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 I can't even trace back to why that happened. Um, but, uh, but I do remember, you know, uh, I, I didn't buy them at the same time. And mm -hmm. I think, I think I must've had like tech problems with one of them and had to return it or something. I see. And then, and then I, I don't remember what it was. And I ended up like there was a black Friday sale and I was like, you know what? I'm sick of the small one. 
so anyway, I did have the two, and I would switch my SIM card. <clears throat> but even with the small one, it felt like, wow, I just, I don't like the way this feels in my hand, like mm. over the years. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> I want the big screen uh, of the other one for camera and for reading or anything like that. But I hate the way that feels in my hand. It feels like I'm holding a small tablet. Um, so I went with the iPhone 12 mini. And my whole idea was like, I'm just, I don't want this to be a thing that I'm lying in bed reading this phone. Yeah. You know? Yep. I understand. Um, and the the bigger the screen, the more ex- available that is to me, the more I'm going to do that and just pump blue light into my eyes. And I hate that. Uh, now, I can't say that the 12 mini has fixed that because now it's super comfortable to hold in bed. Yep. yep. <laughs> but um, I, but the the polished hardware and everything i just i love the feel of this thing in my hand without a case on you know that's like such a huge deal too um and uh the so the way you said that rewarding the apple for doubling down on privacy i knew starting in the spring as um uh, because I work in marketing, but more there's, you know, I, I'm not sort of the, the, uh, person buying the ads or whatever, but as, as I interacted with those people that, you know, really track everything you do and they, they were showing concern about Apple's new privacy rollout. I was like, Oh, I actually feel great about that. What concerns as a consumer? Well, they were like, we're going to lose all this data once this oh. you know, OS <laughs> update goes out to everybody. Yeah. And I was like, actually, that sounds wonderful. No, that's a good thing. So, yeah. so that had sort of put it in my head to the point where when I started having more tech problems with the 3A, because it was just old. And, you know, and the 3As were always sort of the, the A's is for pixels. If you don't know, that's kind of the budget version of their uh, phone. Okay. So the... Um, uh, I, I think they anyway th- so the 3a was sort of like it was crashing on me but sometimes and i just thought well i'm gonna have to upgrade anyway i'm gonna go with this 12 mini and uh so that was just a huge leap for us um i huge huge leap let me, let me real quick before you finish that thought i just want to I, yeah. I am sure if there might be some people listening to this going you guys have completely just washed over the fact that Apple might be compromising that privacy policy a little bit by allowing, I think it's for the, for child sex trafficking. They're going to like dip into your photos. If you have a bunch of photos on iCloud, it hasn't been confirmed yet that they're going to actually do that. And there's, you know, they have good reasons yeah. to do so, but there's some, there's some privacy purists who are, who are not happy with that. And I understand, right? I get it. But I, yeah. my point is of everybody out there, Apple has the highest commitment to privacy even if it's imperfect, yeah. like I'd rather, I'd rather continue to support just their prioritizing it, not just giving lip service to it, but pri- you know, prioritizing it, like actually putting privacy nutrition labels on their apps, on their app store, like those kinds of things. Like that's all yeah. good. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that. Yeah. I, could, I could just, I can no, sense somebody listening going, he's, they're not even talking about, it. I'm like, no, 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 it's, believe me. I, I understand. I understand. Well, it's guy, well, you know, uh, I, and that's also a thing that I don't necessarily feel uncomfortable with. Like, it's yeah. not like humans are doing this. They have an AI, you know, scanning photo uploads and, and, you know, in the world in which we live, like, that's probably a good thing to do. Like, yeah. keep that shit off your server. Like, if you are really concerned about privacy, you shouldn't be using any connected device at all. Like, if you're a, a privacy purist, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. get a get a black phone and and don't upload anything to anyone else's cloud. So, <laughs> you know, because this is... 
Give me a burner every week. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, I can't believe how many times over the last five years that I've had to, that I've mentally recollected that XKCD comic where this guy was like, let me explain freedom of speech to you. Yeah. You know, like if Twitter won't let you say something, they're not censoring your free speech. They own that server. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have the right to speak freely on someone else's platform. Facebook and Twitter can and should be shutting you down when you're, you know, trafficking a bullshit um, or child porn. Uh, yeah. I, sorry. In is it like uh, slash rant ended. Um, I, I so when we made our notes document for this, uh, you made a note um, for the the minimal nonsense in an increasingly convoluted world. Well, let me. Do you feel like yeah. the iPhone has brought that to you? Well, I have to be. I have to clarify this because we're not. Ju- I'm not just talking about the iPhone when I made okay. that comment. I listeners should understand. I went full call to I, Apple this year. Like, <laughs> it's going to build up to this, but yeah, I know, jump in. But this is this is the time. So like, so like, I just give you some some backstory, folks. I for the longest time was not into interested in Apple at all. Yeah, I had an iPod at one point in time. Um, I bought songs on the iTunes Store, but that was kind of it, right? I didn't. I never had a MacBook, never wanted a MacBook, never had an iPhone, never wanted one, thought that the hype was bigger than the company. Um, and I think justifiably so for several years. That was that was probably the correct attitude. And then I think maybe even you had said this to me. I feel like maybe Apple grew into the, finally became, you know, matured into the company that was worthy of the hype. Um, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure many people will be screaming like no oh, that's gonna outrage apple fans yeah, yeah but guess what it's it's think about this well, it, right it's yeah no go ahead go ahead go ahead. no you got oh well, i was gonna say it is a black and white fact uh, when you talked about owning an ipad ipod touch back in the day and yeah. i had like i i had original ipods that were like gifted to me well mm-hmm. my first ipod i i was still using windows it didn't work with windows. Yep. It just like literally did not work. I had an app, someone had given me an Apple uh, iPod that would not work with windows. So I had gone through this crazy hack thing of like getting this, like, like literal, like just like probably malware (laughs) (laughs) that I hacked onto this iPod that would allow me to control it just like an external hard drive. But you know, that meant like no metadata. So I'd often have songs come up with just like a scramble of numbers and stuff. And I was like, Oh, great. You know, um, when I had the iPhone one again, which was like a thing I bought used for, you know, a friend was upgrading and he was like, Hey, I'll sell you mine. Um, so I bought his iPhone one and, uh, would have to take it to work to plug it into my Mac to use it. And then, you know, I wasn't an iTunes user because I still had a Windows at home. And at that at that point, I probably had like an Ubuntu netbook or something crazy. Um, so, you know, that's on me. Sure. But <laughs> um, these things did not work. Anytime there's a software update, you had to take yep. it to a computer, physically plug it in. When I bought my first Android, not only was it under $200 and would work on any carrier, it just got updates over the air. Yep. Like there was no like I you have to have another piece of software and be tethered to it. This this is like just a fact. Like uh, you know Apple fanboys uh, and and uh, you know uh, all Apple fans like it's sort of I shouldn't generalize. Not all Apple fans. I'm talking about the specific hardcore fans. Yeah, think that Apple and because they were first to market, maybe yeah, you know uh, like that they are the gold standard in so many things. Um, 
And case in point, a minor case, uh, because I know we're going to circle back to you jumping into the whole ecosystem, um, is that uh, like autocorrect, (laughs) you know, and and Siri, Siri and autocorrect. I have gotten the impression from Apple fans that they're like, oh, you know, we all kind of make fun of this, but what can you do? And I think you can get an Android. Like you guys don't understand how well Android does this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like Google Assistant listens so much better than Siri. Um, well, although although I'm sure Google has hundreds of hours of me just screaming curses at it. Let me but, let me pause there real quick because yeah. since I have abandoned the Pixel Three, I have noticed I have I have a Google Home uh, in our our kitchen. I mm-hmm. have noticed its speech recognition has deteriorated incredibly. Yeah. There is a weird thing where it has gotten worse, um, but uh, but you're right. Me, no, for the longest time, uh, it was better than Siri. I should I should clarify. Sorry. Well, and for me. Um, I, I had the same thing. In fact, I just stopped using my Google Home. Well, I, I also had privacy concerns about that and switched off the mic and then just got yeah. rid of the whole thing. And then, um, but I, I, I definitely noticed that. But hands free in the car, I, I liked it so much better. Like it is a pain in the ass to send. It's not a pain in the ass. It, it's stupid the way Siri sends a hands free text. Mm-hmm. Whereas like mm-hmm. Google at any point, like anywhere that there's a keyboard on an Android, you can just tap a mic button and dictate. Yep. And Siri, you, you can't do that on Apple keyboards, like on any of their mobile devices. You have to tell Siri what you want to do and then hope Siri translates it correctly. <laughs> and which is pretty sketchy. But also hope. like there Apple's autocomplete is aggressive to you. Like, Oh, isn't it? And it's not you, all, you, it's, it's accurate half the time at best. Oh, at best, I yeah. This is I, I. I wouldn't even go that far. I would say twenty percent of the time it helps me. Not even that. Not even. But you'll, you'll be typing two percent of the time. <laughs> I'm going to keep lowering it. You'll you'll be typing a perfectly legitimate word, and it will sort of make it. You'll see the suggestion pop up. You know, you're typing bathosphere and it's, do you, do you mean bathing suit? And you're like, no, I didn't mean that. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to tap on it. You hit the space bar and it just inserts what it wants exactly. anyway. So exactly. I'm constantly, and Google Android does not do that. Exactly. Google Android's like, do you mean this as in the suggestion box? And if you don't tap on it, it's fine. It lets like, you oh, type whatever mind. nonsense you want. Yeah. 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 Which is way more pleasant. Like I'm constantly sending follow-up texts on my iPhone. Like I meant this. Yeah. I don't know I, where oh, it's same like. Same thing. Same thing. And yeah. it's just, and they're like, bathosphere is a crazy word for me to come up with. But it's like, I'll, I'll just put in a, a totally say, what normal word. What conversation were you having about, was a, a I, game were you playing? Where you're like, well, there's a bathosphere. <laughs> I'm thinking of the smog song, bathosphere. Ah. <laughs> Trying to tell people about this 30 year old song, I guess. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I, you know, you're just, you're just typing a normal word and it decides like, that's not the right that's not what you meant. I'll fix it. Um, and, and so anyway, I've gotten that perspective from Apple fans. Like they just feel like this is the best thing. This is as good as it gets. And, uh, <laughs> I think software wise, that's not exactly true. Well, and, no, um, and, and correct. And, and historically, you know, this has been, a, it's been a bit of a game of attrition for them because historically, yeah. I mean, let's rewind even to 2010, like there was not app parity. So there was a good chunk of very reliable, important apps that were windows specific that just were not developed for the Mac, you know, even things like, I mean, good Lord, Microsoft. Oh, wow. Sorry. I don't know if you heard that. There was a bit of a rumble weird. Um, no, 
We've, it's a very windy day here, Todd. Um, but oh. no, but 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 like as time has gone on, like all of these kind of all these issues we normally talk about have been addressed. And I'll even so so the, yeah. the spoilers. I ended up getting the new one of the new 14 inch macbook pros my laptop i realized mm. the first the first time ever i had kept my windows laptop for six years which is like three years longer than any other laptop i've ever had so it was due anyway and it, it i could i could go on an entire techtivist episode just about this but that windows laptop it was running windows 10 I had to do so much daily triage just to keep it running correctly. Like I had to install clean my PC. I had to clean my registry. I had to do a disk clean like constantly because there's just so much bull crap accumulating so much needless cash, including, you know, accumulating. And then the kind of the coup de grace of the whole thing was that it, Adobe was just becoming relentlessly insufferable. Like I, I would start Photoshop and have to go make coffee. And 10 minutes later, the thing was still loading. It's like, come on, not even to, I won't even begin to comment on just how miserable Premiere Pro was. Like I'd gotten to the point where I, I loathed touching video, editing any, I editing anything, which used to be one of my favorite things was just becoming the most miserable experience on that laptop. Cause anytime, anytime I'd open Premiere, like half the time it would freeze or crash or I'd be doing an export and it would crash or I'd, you know, try to apply a simple effect and it would have to render for five minutes. I'm like, good God. Um, so I just decided with Mac, with Apple putting out these new MacBooks, and I have a friend who's a very, he actually worked at Apple for a little while and he's very call to Mackie. Um, but he's like, look, think about, think about this. They, for the first time, they have developed their own chips, the M1 chips, specifically for these laptops, and it's a soup to nuts integration. They're not trying to have to make Intel work. They can make the chip work for the laptop and vice versa. Yeah. So you're going to get like the use of cores because most, I don't know if people know this, most Windows machines, like if you see like, oh, six core, chances are like three or four of those aren't being used for anything. They're just sitting there. Um, and so like Apple actually makes use of all the cores all the time. They completely optimize the experience. You can go and look at any number of YouTube videos that you know sing Hosanna about this. So I was kind of intrigued. I'm like, shoot. And then they did things like talk about, and this is what I mean by maturing into the company worthy of the hype. They got rid of that stupid ribbon that appears above the keyboard, which well, I was like, I'll never buy a computer that has that. Like, who's that for? They brought back. Do you the, mean the little touch thing on the? Yeah, I called the ribbon. I think they, I think they yeah. called the ribbon too. It's that yeah, that little touch bar right above the. I thought it was just I thought it was hokey and ridiculous and like something that you know would have it happened you know during the '90s when Steve Jobs wasn't there. I'm like, what is this? And they, <laughs> so they got rid of that. They brought back the MagSafe charger, which I, they should have never gotten rid of. You know, that's the thing where if you accidentally trip over your cord, it doesn't yank yeah. your your laptop. It just detaches it because it's magnetized. They brought that back. They brought back um, like a, a little uh, mini disc. You know, like card, you know, like a card reader, like built in. That's back. They have you know more USB C ports now. Like they literally did all the things that I was like, well, you know, they would have to do this, 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 and this for me to even consider yeah. it. And they freaking did it. And so I was like, well, shoot. And then I tried it. I played with it um, and kind of fell in love. And I was like, you know, and and so here's kind of all of this coming back to you had asked me in our notes. I said minimal nonsense in an increasingly yeah. convoluted world, right? So for me. It was taking a laptop experience because, you know, not only did I have to do all this like triage, cleaning, all this stuff, but like, you know, even things like you go to your, you you go to your Windows like control panel and you try to uninstall a program and you see all this other stuff there that shouldn't even be there. And then you go to your like, (laughs) you go to your, you know, um, I don't know how many people do this, but you can actually pull up 
um, uh, a little dialog box in Windows that shows you all the applications and processes running at any given time. Right. You look at that and you're like, okay, I have four programs I've opened and yet I'm seeing like 37 things in this list that aren't those four programs. What is all this? Why is all this running? <laughs> Why is this needed? And then to make it even worse, you go to like, let's say there's a program that's freezing or that you just don't want. You go to like, you know, on, on a phone, you can just like swipe it and close it and it closes no questions asked it doesn't sit there and go well i don't know maybe we shouldn't you know and so on windows you try to like force close something and it will still sit there for like another 10 minutes like well maybe we gotta you sh we gotta clean everything up like no just just shut it down right. I, I don't want you open anymore <laughs> like just shut down and so this, all these little this things is so funny to hear <laughs> all these little things like yeah no go ahead, go ahead. oh my god no, it's like uh you know as much as i was not an an apple fanboy um, about certain things I, I have been in their laptop ecosystem for so long. So it, this is like, I'm, I'm hearing this as the Apple fanboy going like, yeah, of course Apple's better at that. Um, <laughs> well, and, and I, and, you know, again, I, and I've used Macs in the past and it wasn't, you know, it's, it, it's like, I'm, I'm familiar. It's not like it was a completely foreign concept to me, but right. I was so yeah. used to windows and I up to, you know, up until well, this point, I, my, 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 my uh, argument for Windows was always twofold. One, they have all the programs you need work there. You don't have to have all these weird yeah. workarounds or like hacks or anything. It's just there it is. And two, you can customize most of it to your liking. So like if there's something you don't like about the desktop, you, you can get in the settings and mess around. And that was always, but at the same time, like all this other bull crap just kept piling up and piling up. And it got to the point I was having coffee with a good friend here in town who did the same thing I did only about maybe seven or eight years before me where he was, you know, total windows, non Apple person and just slowly acclimated until now he's hundred percent this way. And I was mm. explaining to him, I was walking through my day. I was like, yeah, I have to do this and this. And he looked at me like I was in a cult. Like I, like you poor person. Mm -hmm. like, why, mm -hmm. why are you living like this? And actually said what? like that you should not have to devote 15 to 20 minutes of your working day just to these things. Like, don't you understand well, how insane that sounds? I'm like, Oh, yeah. I guess it but, does. And I think the deeper, like you're touching on such an important issue and the deeper insanity here is that we all do that with something to some degree on the Apple side or the Windows side or, yep. you know, Chromebook or open source or Android, whatever it is like, because that is precisely what was happening to me with my iPhone one mm -hmm. and why I went Android and you know, I remember all my iPhone friends thinking that was like crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm like, right. But like <laughs> when you get a software update, you're going to have to go somewhere and plug that phone into something <laughs> that's running a specific piece of software that I like, you can't, you know, you, there's an, an Apple version and a windows version and they don't work together. Um, which is similar to this, uh, which we will get into in a minute. Um, like I'm having, I'm wrestling with a podcast workflow on the iPad and dumbfounded that it is not like a plug and play solution. Yeah. You know, why is GarageBand on iOS different from GarageBand on Mac OS? Isn't that ridiculous? That is yeah. So yeah. stupid. I can't express it. And, and five years ago I bought an iPad thinking stupidly because how why would you not think this that iMovie and GarageBand would work just the same like I was like yeah I can just take the files from my laptop put them on the iPad back and forth 
No, they're totally different. And at that point, the iMovie on, on the iPad would only bake out at 720. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, why am I dealing with this? So I returned to the iPad, I you know, that. and it, yeah. it took like two years for it before I was like, okay, I feel comfortable that they've gotten their act together. But um, so what you're describing with Windows is like Apple fans are totally willing to put up with that bullshit too, just in certain things. They're just not recognizing it the same way yeah um, and it's so difficult to figure out what we want to you and i talk about this all the time like what like this podcast workflow is like why was i so much more willing to hack this stuff apart um in years past is it because i was younger and just had more energy um or you know like like i, I could devote my energy and attention to that or was it was it truly like that was actually the simpler solution, even though it was so convoluted? I, I don't know. I'm, I think it's both. This is a thing I wrestle with. Yeah, I think it's both. Because, but here's the other side of this. So, like, I think I think youth does have some part to play in that. You are more patient with. I don't know if it's easier or preferred so much as like I have the patience and you just sort of want to tickle the brain a little bit by just, you know, the, the puzzle solving aspect of it is kind of fun. You know, I, I think something might have happened to me when I turned 40 this year where I'm just like, I don't have patience for this anymore. Like I don't have yeah. like, and that's, you know, yeah, maybe that's fuddy duddy of me, but like at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to devote so much of my day or just even my, I, I don't want to, I don't want to rent out so much of my brain space to these problems. Like I just want this done. Like I want to turn on a program. I want to turn on Adobe premiere. And in a few seconds, the program is open and I can use it without having to fear yeah. the whole thing crashing down. And I will also say, by the way, I have upgraded that Windows laptop several times over the years. So it wasn't like I just, I've been using it off the shelf this whole time. I've added right. memory and RAM and stuff. But again, Windows, the way Windows, I, I, I can't speak to the actual technical specificity of this. So please, if you're really interested in this, go Google this. But I can tell you the way Windows uses the those Intel chips is it does not take advantage of all of the cores. There's like wasted processing space just sitting hmm. there. Um, and Apple does not do that. And I, I was not aware of that until maybe a year ago because um, I was kind of bitching about this you know then too I was like man I just this is not great so all this to be said I got a MacBook Pro and I have been I, I'm only a week in literally a week in and I am so in love I can't even begin to tell you like this I'll try to make this not just a giant Apple commercial but a couple key things one <laughs> one before we started recording Todd was fiddling with his mics and stuff and I'm like hey let me restart I uh, while I was waiting uh, for us to begin, I was installing some old programs from the old computer. I'm like, let me restart. It's you know, prompting for a restart. And I'll just contrast this by saying, like, in you know, with the old laptop, when I, I think you too, like, when either of us had to restart, it was like, we seldom wanted to because it's like, well, this might be a 15 to 20 minute endeavor while it, you know, not only restarts, but loads and then everything, and then, and then Windows has to load. I kid you not, I hit restart on this MacBook Pro within, I would say, 30 to 45 seconds. The thing had restarted. Every app had reopened to the exact point I left it as though nothing had happened and everything was in place. And I just sat here, I just, my mouth dropped. Uh, my jaw dropped. I was just like, how, what have I, right. so then my question is either, <laughs> is this so advanced as to be miraculous or was I putting up with just the worst situation for too long that I just, my brain got addled. Like I just, you know, it was like an abusive relationship. Like I just forgot. I've just lost perspective on like what a proper restart should be. Right. I, um, <laughs> the other thing, oh my God, the other thing you're bringing up for me is that I feel so much like I'm in groundhog day where yeah. the, the, the tools are changing, but I'm I'm still going through because as you're saying that i'm having flashbacks to like 
Oh, right. Like I, I'm, I'm complaining here about an like iPad podcast workflow, but it used to be that if I was traveling and I only took my Chromebook, you and I had to go through crazy workarounds to record a podcast. Yep. <laughs> and so it got to the point where I was like, fine, I'll just travel with my MacBook. But my MacBook was several pounds heavier. It was like one of the last editions that had the CD drive in it. So, oh, it was, wow. you know, it was, it was a big pain in the ass to travel with that versus the Chromebook. Cause that was my whole thing with the Chromebook was like, Hey man, I can be anywhere and just like, write, You know, and the yep. battery lasts forever. And it's it, but it, it didn't do anything. I couldn't, I couldn't record audio on it. I, you know, it just, it sucked, um, for all that, all that media stuff. So I, and I remember this experience of, um, a couple of years ago when the Chromebook was burning out, just, just going, you know what? I'm buying a MacBook mm-hmm. and taking it home and going, Oh my God, <laughs> have I been, why have I been missing out on this speed and stuff? Yeah, but the, you yeah. know, the truth was like, well, I didn't, I didn't really need it, you know? Yeah, so it's true, fine. True. I wasn't missing out on, but now I'm back in that situation where I'm like, well, let me transfer this whole workflow to the iPad. And I'm back in the Chromebook frustration of like, well, I guess I can't just travel with the iPad cause I can't do all the stuff I need. So I got to bring the laptop. Well, um, let me, let me, let me yeah. say too, I think something has happened in the last three to four years where companies like Adobe, and I'm sure there's others, but I'll pick on them specifically, had decided like, hey, look, our products are for professionals and not really prosumers anymore. So if you have yeah. a machine, because in days past, you could get you know Photoshop on anything and it worked just as fine as like on a professional desktop. And it, there was parity there, right? There was, you could be a prosumer or a professional and have basically the same experience. Somewhere along the way, Adobe's like, yeah, not so much. We're gonna We're gonna make these increasingly harder to use on just regular consumer grade stuff and you know more and more at least some of my friends in the creative space had to get these big pimped out desktops to just have a regular time like a regular experience so the beauty and this will be my final sort of upsell my the beauty of these new macbooks um these sorry macbook pros is it's like they took a super powered desktop tower setup and consolidated it into the size you basically put all that power in the size of like a Chromebook. Like it's, it's, I can't describe it any other way. It's, it's bizarre to even consider like how fast this damn thing is. And I'm sure like, you know, within time, you know, as, as programs get bigger and beefier and all that stuff, it'll, you know, I'll have to upgrade and yada, yada. But like, I'm in, like, you know, I bought this investing this thinking like, okay, this will be my laptop for the next <laughs> six or seven years. Probably I got I have to assume that. So like, I, you know, where are we going and how's this all working? So that, that was incredibly just all of this. I, I told, I think I told you and drew on our private discord. I was like, it feels like when you go from a, you know, a long time windows environment into a Mac OS environment, it feels like moving to a country you, you know, like a take a country you like visiting and imagine moving there permanently like right, oh right. i live here now you know so like again i didn't wasn't opposed to mac os and you know completely there's things i loved things i hated um in the, in the old days but once i got in i was like i was all in i'm like okay well here we go like you know it's it's you know it's not control c anymore it's command c and like you know right. screen is not just a simple you know i'll live with the things i still bitch about the fact that apple's like yeah we don't have a print screen button instead you have to do these like you know crazy three oh or four my God. key combinations just to just it's, to print your screen it's like no it's so much better though is it uh, that the way that you can like draw on your screen and just say, I just want a snippet of this. And every, that's one of the hilarious things where every windows user was like, Oh, but it's super easy on windows. First of all, you just download this program called whatever. And I would go like, no, 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is built into max. <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> I see. But okay. So, so a couple things, I, there's a couple other g- complaints about this. Um, 
uh, in our list. And I want to talk specifically, I'm still, I'm still on the MacBook, so yeah, yeah. bear with me. But like one of the things I totally forgot about and have since remedied, but like it took me by surprise was the fact that yes, even after all these years and all these improvements and, you know, really, you know, credit, I credit Tim Cook with really sort of refining Apple to be the, you know, the company that, that I've sort of fallen in love with now. But like, even after all of that, you still can't natively, you can't load up an, uh, an external hard drive that was formatted mm. NTFS, which is the standard Windows formatting. You can't put it in. Now, Apple will read it. Like the MacBook will read those files, but you can't mm, write right. to that disk, meaning you can't add new files. You can't delete yeah. old files out of the box. Yeah. You still have to get some third-party thing and install it to be able to write to and sort of you know format or play with your, your external hard drive. This is maddening on every level because number one, <laughs> if you're... If you're running a FAT32 system, which is the formatted drive, which is you know one of the other primary, uh, there's like it's like XFAT, FAT32, and NF- NTFS. NTFS is the standard Windows one. So if you just put like a thumb drive in your your you know laptop, your Windows laptop, or your Windows desktop, and you say format, chances are it'll be an NTFS formatted thumb drive or any drive. FAT32 does not let you i think that i forget what the file size limit is but there's a file size limit meaning if you have a movie that's like six gigs you can't put it on that drive i think the file limit is like 3.6 or 3.7 or something like that so if you're like me and you have a bunch of movies and you have a bunch of you know your your video you you take you take and edit videos you've got these big chunky files you can't just put them on a fat 32 drive so then it makes me go okay apple has really gone out of its way to cater to creators to cater to you know video producers and designers and all of the above who by nature have bigger files that they work with pretty consistently you would think that it, it either invent your own format that like supports that or just recognize ntfs <laughs> like i shouldn't you can already read it why can't i write to the disc and it's like it's it's not like it's impossible because these third-party tools and there's a variety of them you know pick your poison there's a variety of them they they allow the macbook to do it so i'm like just I don't want to have to download a sketchy third-party thing, Apple. Just do, yeah. make the MacBook, make Mac OS do, like, why? Why? What is the holdup here? Um, yeah. It's that, so that I will, again, I fixed it. It's working fine now, but it only works because I had to find some third-party thing. Apple should, there's no reason at all. Apple can't just turn on a, you know, flip on a couple lines of code and just allow this to happen. And if, you know, again, if not, then create a better format that I don't have to wipe my entire drive to to access <laughs> that also lets me put, you know, bigger files on it. Huge, huge. I just uh I I, I was I almost backtracked. I almost had I almost cracked. I was like, God damn it, Apple. Like but I was like, no, 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 just here, we'll get through this and then that'll be it. And then yeah. sure enough, you know. It's all it's always that. Like just just let me get through this one issue. <laughs> yeah. But let's go back to let's go back to iPhones and Android, because I've I sort of took us on the MacBook the route, but you No, I, I thought I would just sum it up. Um, uh, if, if we're at that point, I, I think I can make a pretty convincing case that Android is the superior mobile OS. And a lot of that is based on that hands-free stuff. The fact Mm -hmm. that on any key, on any Google keyboard, I can just tap the mic button and dictate into it. You know, um, Google assistant sending texts better and opening apps better and just being able to like navigate better with it. Widgets Um, are better. Yeah. Uh, um, 
I agree. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're right. The Android widgets are far superior. Um, I, I do like that with Apple's or iOS's, you know, a couple of releases ago, but they basically rolled out an app drawer, which yep. again, like Apple, Apple fans probably think like, oh, how genius. And I'm like, yeah, Android's <laughs> had that for literally since its existence, you know, like I've always had that. Um, the uh what's the oh, oh apple just like a couple releases ago like this year i mean it was really early but they released this like swipe feature on the mobile keyboard yeah again android's had that native for years you know um without a third-party app to do it uh i think android i there are so many things i miss like with the usability of my phone but i i you cannot beat apple's hardware no like, this yeah. hardware is so amazing it feels so good to hold this mm-hmm. um i had this it wasn't even it wasn't like a buyer's remorse it was like a a, a pre-cog regret of thinking like <laughs> like once i when i bought this uh, i, I thought pre-cog when, regret. i was like when the pixel 6 comes out if they make a mini version of it i might return this phone mm-hmm. <laughs> and they didn't and and I've read so many reviews of the Pixel 6 that have pointed out, well, Android appears to be done with the one-handed phones. Aww. And that to me is like, wow, what a what a game changer. Like I do not want to go back to a phone that's a mini tablet. Yeah. You know? Um so so I think I'm I'm stuck in the in the Interest- iPhone ecosystem right now. Let me just say a quick thing about that. So interestingly, I have been pondering this a lot too because I, I, as you mentioned earlier, I had an iPad. Uh, the last one I had was an iPad Pro um, that we the, we bought for the business. I ended up giving that to my my partner in the business. Uh, she needed it more than I did, and I was kind of like, you know, when getting this MacBook, I'm like, you know, I don't need a MacBook and an iPad Pro uh, at the same time. It seems like one or the other. So I, the MacBook clearly, you know, all the things I was going to do on the iPad anyway, I could do on the Mac better, but it still left this niche where I was like, hey. I kind of want mm. a Kindle-sized iPad, and granted, Apple has released that amazing iPad 6 Mini this year. Yeah, yeah. Finally, finally upgraded that iPad Mini, and and it's a great little device. I've played with it a few times. I've been in the store. I'm like, okay, this is fine. I actually had put in an order for it because I'm like, yeah. So then I'll have, and then I, and then I, as as I, yeah, you know, that order, you know, Apple's very backlogged, so you can put an order in. Yeah. It doesn't even ship or charge your card until a month later. So it's you know, you almost you almost can put it almost as a you know, you kind of I didn't think of how you describe this, but like you know, you kind of mitigate some of that buyer's remorse by just waiting. Um, and so I had it in the had it in the queue. MacBook arrives set it up and I'm like you know all the things I would do on an iPad I'm doing on like they're fine here so that you know and and at the same time I was like I kind of wanted to move away from a world where I'd have a different device for different things because that the whole point of this was that like we're consolidating devices and so I actually canceled that order I was like I don't think I need an iPad 6 Mm. mini right now in addition to a a phone because I was like I have the iPhone I'm either going to use that or this it seems redundant and you know kind of a waste of money to have both but I'm still like I need I, I think if they could de- build a device that's because the the Pro Max is it's not necessarily wider it's longer and yeah. I don't necess- yeah. I don't want that I want like a I I think that the Pixel Two size that I had because I had a Pixel Two XL mm. I should have specified that, Pixel, oh, that's what they were called yeah yeah, yeah Pixel Two XL which that is bigger than the iPhone 12 Pro. Um, and I thought that was the perfect phone size for me. And if I had that, or maybe even a little bigger, like I don't mind the phablet if that's all I have, because then I wouldn't have to get, 
and I put, you know, so I'm in this weird no man's land at the moment where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to have an iPad or like a kind of a tablet device for a while. Let's just see how it goes. Um, because this MacBook, again, this MacBook Pro, like it's so light and I ended up getting the 14 inch instead of the 16 inch. Um, even though I'm going kind of dent my, you know, my old laptop was more, uh, in size similar to the 16 inch so i'm actually going down in size thought that would bother me in it i actually like the smaller form factor better like mm. i actually kind of like this little 14 inch it's lighter which i didn't realize how much i would appreciate you know it actually sits on the lap better and it kind of like i can take it to bed and do some work in bed like i would have done with my ipad or even just watch movies in bed with it so there's a lot of stuff that the ipad was used for that is now not i don't need it for that I just bring all this up because I'm like, I think there is a place for that phablet. I think that phablet category is still being defined. And if somebody can just figure out, like in a perfect world, I'd have something the size of an iPhone 12 Pro that could expand out double the size or double the width, right? Like, and I don't necessarily need it to fold. I think the folding gimmick is a little overrated. Ugh, yeah. Um but I need, it would be great to like have it expandable, like, you know, kind of some kind of stretchable thing. I'm sure maybe in some point we'll get it, but like just one, one, I just need a laptop and then a phone that can be, or, you know, oriented or, or re, I don't know, remapped on any kind of use case. Then I'd be set. Yeah. So that's the next frontier. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting because, um, I think the, the larger phones would make sense to me if there were always a mini, uh, option. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think what was bothering me near the end of, of its, of my use of them with the pixel threes was that I either had this XL that was painful to hold in one hand, or I had this other one that was just slightly painful to hold in one hand. It was like, man, I, you know, I either want to use this with two hands or I want it to comfortably fit in one hand, like the mini, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I would love to see, I would love to see like that become the trend with, uh, mobile devices i guess like just you know make this small one that's just like hey this is just a phone because i i really like my ipad so um, i'm happy to just leave the phone sitting on a desk and have the ipad with me for that for those cases let me give you one more thing to think about um so i was going through in in my transferring of stuff from one machine to another i was going through my OneNote uh account and i'm actually we'll get to this in just a second but i'm actually abandoning OneNote for a new app called craft um, and as I was doing that, I came across this um, thing written by Ben Park on Quora that I, I bookmarked because I thought it was so good. Um, you know, you hear a lot of talk about the metaverse and not even just t- remove, Zucker- <laughs> remove Zuckerberg and Facebook from the equation and just, you know, to kind of uh, just think about like, you know, what people are talking about with the metaverse and how you know, it's, it's very trendy to talk about the metaverse. And I'm always like, you know, everybody's getting it very either completely confused or completely wrong. Like, I'm just going to read. It's really quick. But this Ben Park wrote this a while ago. And it's like he and it, 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 he just says, imagine a web that and he has these bullet points that follow. He goes, imagine a web that isn't focused around a computer, but is instead everywhere in every device on every person accessible at every location. It's not a place you go. It's a layer behind everything you do. The next point, you interact with uh, this web via natural user interfaces, being able to open the web by tapping your watch, having a screen appear in front of you. Imagine Minority Report, no mouse, no keyboard. Imagine a web that delivers content to you at any time, all the time, personalized, and no matter where you are. Imagine, and this is where it gets a little creepy, imagine a web that connects directly with the mind. Actions and commands come not only from NUIs, but also from your thoughts. 
How do you power up your vacuum? Command it in your head. I think this will be our children's, our children of our children's children as they'll be more comfortable with the chip in the brain. And then where it really gets interesting to me is he goes, imagine a web that lets you create and construct almost anything using the web to collaborate and create a full virtual world in seconds. Use it to command a robotic factory to put together your dream car. Um, so like that to me is what the metaverse should and what we should kind of aim for is this kind of contextual layer uh, over real life, no matter where you are, right? And I feel like as we continue on that path, this discussion of device size and use case and all that will sort of fade away mm. because it will be, hey, I'm at a post office, I can just tap the window and access yeah. my Spotify, and like, yeah, I don't have to have a phone with me necessarily. Like, yeah, there's well, granted, there's a lot of privacy concerns and a lot of you know, logistical concerns yeah. and all of that, but just the idea of kind of the contextual web around us that's not de- that's device agnostic is sort of I think where we should maybe aim. That that's interesting, and that'll tie into our our next point because I, I think we're gonna have to start going like speed round. But yep. Yep. Um, I was gonna say one of the things uh, my friend Boris, who is very much like an Apple fan, um, one of the things he and I talk about is. I I could do without the phone mm-hmm. if the watch did like calls and yes, te- you know voice to text yes because hundred percent that like I would be really happy to carry around an iPad Mini or an iPad or just not carry it around you just feel like hey I'm going quote off the grid and all I have is my watch mm-hmm. um, but uh, the the phone at this point seems obsolete like it's this weird other object that we have to interact with and you and Boris have both pointed out to me this thing that I constantly forget which is like but it's also our camera yep like yep. this has become the camera we carry everywhere and I that I don't know how we deal with that man maybe we all go to glasses it's, just it's like just kidding. it's like that scene in Apollo 13 when they're trying to figure out how much of this of the capsule to turn on so they have exactly the right yeah. amount of power to get back home it's like okay if I if I don't have this and I don't I, my Kindle's on my phone and on this and I'm good and then you're like oh shit I need a camera so then it's like well I don't want to yeah. carry on a camera it's like you're trying to figure out all the use cases into the most minimal amount of devices and it's just I, like you know, it gets yeah. a little frustrating. And it, these are what first are, world problems, too. I don't, oh, trust oh me, my I, God. Yeah, this is a first world podcast. This is a terrible. Shed no yeah. tear for us. I'm, I'm just, right. I'm just exactly. saying. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. I, I And I back in that groundhog situation, what you just recalled for me was how I, I remember just getting out of college and um, getting an apartment with uh, a, a good friend of mine from high school who had, you know, moved back to town. And us having this discussion of like he, he had kind of moved back from college and I I because I, I, I kind of remember like he and it, he had lived with these other friends of ours and like one of them owned the Nintendo 64 and one of them owned the PlayStation. Oh, God. And it was so then we move in together. and I was like, well, we only have the PlayStation. Should we buy a Nintendo 64? And we had we would have this ongoing discussion of like, boy, do I want separate devices you know, for every, like, do I want every gaming system or do I just go spend thousands of dollars on a gaming rig computer that can like do all this? Yeah. You know, and we would at various times come down on either side of that. But, you know, I, I, I think I usually came down on the, I want a specific device for everything. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I'm still wrestling with that like 20 something years later. Like, why do I have so many devices? Yeah. (laughs) Cause now they are so much like, they do everything. Um, you know, the iPad is not like dedicated for me to just one thing. 
anyway, that said, over the summer, I in a it's like some some summer sale that Fitbit had. I bought a Fitbit Sense, which okay. is like their smartest smartwatch. You know, um, <laughs> smartest watch and, in the land. Well, I just mean like they have like sort of tiers, you know, there's like, I I think it's called the Versa and I'd had this really small one that of course they don't make anymore called the Inspire. It's so awesome. Um, And I, so I was like, fine, I'm just, I'm going Fitbit Sense. I I think I can use it. And I I hated it. And mostly I hated it because uh, I got it. And my, my thinking was this, I'm going to wear a watch during the day and then I'm going to put the Inspire on at night, which still worked because I want to monitor my sleep. That's like a, I mm-hmm. really think that's, that's, a, a, that's a healthy habit for me is to monitor sleep. Um, whether or not it's like perfectly accurate, I don't care. I just want like baselines. Um, but what I learned was you cannot connect more than one Fitbit device to an app. Even if you, the owner of the Fitbit account are the primary user of both of these devices. Oh, so God. it meant I would have to go through a several step process of basically wiping the sense every night if I wanted to reconnect the Inspire. Like, it's not just like a Bluetooth connection. You can't just say, hey, now connect to the Inspire. Yeah, no, I remember. It's like you have to disconnect and it like sheds all the data out of the one, put, you know, it puts in the app so it'll it'll come back. But just during like hot, sticky, summer i didn't i just i did not like the feel of of wearing this watch you know 20 something hours a day it was like i you know i want to take it off at night and so i i put it back in the box after like a week or less than a week probably and thought this this really sucks and i you know i whatever it was it had gone long enough that i could not return it you know it was like 30 days and i i was like i can't return it i'm stuck with this stupid thing (laughs) i'd gone back to wearing the inspire every day Uh um now now that the weather changed i started wearing it again and i'm like oh i really like this and it's not that uncomfortable to you know to sleep with now and the battery's really good and i you know i like a lot of the functionality of it um but it was because this is an airing of grievances i think that is just one of those things that um granted the one little device would be great but i still you know there's still like a weird preference thing of like i don't always want the chunky thing i don't always want the phablet you know sometimes i want the mini and i don't always want the sense sometimes i want the inspire um or at least something small like that like i would love a screenless wrist thing that just monitors my sleep i think the aura does that if i'm not mistaken what is that it's something i keep hearing a lot like sam harris has it if you go to aurahealthcare.org that? No, that's not right. Sorry, it's uh, or a sleep. I think I think I know what you're talking about. It's it's quite expensive, right? Like it's oh, like four hundred dollars it? or something. Oh, it's this. Yeah, it's uh, the Aura Ring. It's uh, O R A, and then ring. And oh, then, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, U R A. Sorry, my bad. God. Yeah, and it does look. Oh, it's a ring you wear on your finger. Yeah, it is. Oh, interesting. Um, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, I, I've looked into some of those. There's a, there's another one that like does like just, I think it does like stress and sleep that I thought mm-hmm. was really cool, but it's like a four or $500 thing and it doesn't do anything else. Like it doesn't, you know, you're, it's not going to show you your text messages. Yeah. And I think yeah, like, yeah. well, this device is great, but like the aura ring is $300. Yeah. So I, you know, but like, again, it's a first world problem and it's also like, it's a freaking device that measures your health and sleep. Of course it's worth $300. Like, well, <laughs> let me let me jump on the Fitbit bashing because yeah. I okay. uh, 
to to as I'm as I'm saying this, just imagine the Emperor from Star Wars going something, something complete. <laughs> because like I have this this year, starting with the iPhone. Again, I want I went into this year, you know, not being an Apple hater, but just being like, eh, I don't know, it's probably not. Yeah, you know, just kind of, you know, I'd come a long ways, but I was still like, I don't know. I started this year that in that mindset, right? So it wasn't like I came in, you know, guns blazing, but starting the year, I got an Apple, you know, I got an iPhone 12, as we mentioned, got my MacBook Pro, and I also got an Apple Watch, and here's why. <laughs> I this had just fi- blows my mind. The fact yeah, that you, what- you didn't like wade into the pool, <laughs> you just went straight into the deep end. I tell you, man, it's it either was just great timing all around, or it's one of those things where like you know it's quicksand. Like the further you fall in, you're like, well then shit. Let's everything should just be this easy. Let's just, just get it all done. Because um, yeah. I had a Fitbit Charge Two, I think whatever mm-hmm. that they don't make them anymore. I don't believe. Um, but they had. Of course it's not. Like, it's kind of like what what pre, uh, the the predecessor to the Inspire. Um, but it was that that mm-hmm. little that little yep. uh, uh, rectangle look, looking one, and I got it in 2019 because, like you, I'm like I don't need all this other stuff. I just want to track my sleep and track my activity, and mainly yeah. my sleep. I just want more data. And yeah. Fitbit have since been bought by Google, so that might change yeah. how they yeah. work for the better or for the worse. Don't know, but at the time they were independent, and you know the app itself looks great great user interface the watch you know minimal features but that's what you pay for and great i swear to god on both an android phone and an iphone equally that damn thing kept disconnecting i didn't have to basically remount Uh. remount it into the app it's like if i went more than a day without it connecting and i don't you know i turn my bluetooth off sometimes like i don't need all these devices talking all the time and draining batteries so i'm like let me you just stop right here so there'd be days that, you know, there'd be a day or two where I wouldn't, you know, I'd sleep for maybe two nights and I'd try to pair it. And it's like, I'd have to like remove it from the app and re add it every single time because it just wouldn't talk natively. And sometimes it wouldn't add at all. It would sit there spinning and spinning. It's like, can't find your Fitbit. It's like, it's right here. My Mm. wrist is right by the phone. So then I thought, okay, if I moved to an iPhone, hopefully, because again, as we mentioned, a lot of iPhone apps are way more known. I agree with you. Android is a better OS overall for a variety of reasons, but uh, Apple app, or sorry, iOS apps tend to sort of, if, if you're comparing apples and apples and apples, or sorry, bad, bad use of phrase. If you're comparing the same parts of the app from the Android experience to the Apple experience, Apple apps tend to, or I, iOS apps tend to be more reliable or at least not have some of the nonsense that Android apps have baked in for whatever reason. So I thought, I thought, okay, here's the Fitbit app on the iPhone. It shouldn't have, and it was even worse <laughs> with the Fitbit. Like it was even worse. Like it would get kicked mm. off. It wouldn't even. I'd open it up, and it would have forgotten it. So I'm like, well, then forget this. Like I can't. <laughs> I. It is again just like the Windows laptop. It is. It is taking more of my time just to mess with this than to just like, you know, I was spending more time on the technical issues than I was like looking at my health data and like interpreting it and like making right, it meaningful. Right, right. So I'm like, forget this, and so. I was looking around like I still want my wife has had an Apple Watch for for several years. I've you know, kind of kept an eye on it. I've I put it on from time to time just to you know how you know because my my wrists are skinny. Like I don't sometimes big watches are just not comfortable. I'm like I don't know if I need a watch. I haven't had a watch for prior to that Fitbit. I hadn't worn anything on my wrist for god 10 years. And so I was like looking at the iWatch and then they put out the 7 this year. And they added all these cool new health things. And I'm like, okay, as a health device, first and foremost, and again, add in Apple's privacy you know, policy. I'm like, if I'm gonna give any company a lot of my health data and trust that it's gonna be okay, I, Apple's probably, other than like Kaiser, 
um, who I get health insurance to. Apple's probably like my, is the only other one I would trust right now. So hmm. shoot, I've got a phone. I might as well just get a watch too. And then I can just close that loop and everything can be, you know, their health app is great. And there's several other apps like the ecosystem of health stuff as it relates to the Apple watch was pretty robust. So I'm like, surely I'll have some configuration that's going to work well here. And more importantly, I'm not going to have to deal with this stupid syncing problem. Cause like, what the hell it's 2020. I shouldn't have to remount my watch every time I turn on my phone. And sure enough, it has been a beautiful experience. Like the thing fits comfortably. I got one of the smaller ones. Um, I do. If you're thinking about an Apple watch, do not get those stupid rubber bands with the, the, <laughs> the weird under like the under hook thing. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, that's nonsense. Like I just got a Velcro, like a easy Velcro band mm. that you know just works as it should. Um, so I, all that to be said, I really I'm sad because I was kind of excited about the Fitbit ecosystem. I'm glad you're having a better experience, but yeah, anyway. I actually have to say, um, as long as I choose one or the other device, I have not had those problems. So I bet that was I bet that's device specific, which is what a pain in the ass because I think only by us discussing three different Fitbit devices, can we diagnose it like that? Because I would yeah, be just yeah. like you, I'd be like, what's the problem here? Why is the app not connecting with like this? I would think it's an ecosystem problem, but that I, I have two devices that work. It might've well been right just now. the charge too as well. Maybe that was their, just, yeah. they did. I mean, that's maybe that's why they're not making them anymore. It's because they were just not pulling their, you know, they just weren't doing what they should. I mean, who knows? Not, yeah. I mean, I am curious though how but, Google will integrate Fitbit into their whole ecosystem and you know how that data stays either protected well, or not. Be curious. We're and we're anticipating a Google smartwatch, so I assume they're taking on a lot of the. That's true. Yeah, the Pixel the watch Fitbit stuff. Yeah, that. But you know, Google did the same thing when they bought Motorola. Um, uh, and then I didn't they let them go later? Didn't they? I don't mm, know if Google mm-hmm. still owns Motorola. No, you're right. That's right. That that uh, I forget exactly the details, but yeah, they ended up selling it away or divesting <sighs> I, it. I, I I'm this is we've reached the point where I'm I'm out of energy to air the grievances, <laughs> and we must move on to the feats of strength, and I think name our winners and losers for the yes. year, or at least just highlights. Yes. Um. I, and I guess let's start with the losers. Um. And well, I, on a high I note. A, yeah. I have great great perspective i i have a this is an obscure loser that aggravates me more because they are now advertising in podcasts that i listen to but there's a boy uh i'm just still hesitating on talking about it but there's a platform called monday.com that advertises themselves as a work os and i I could not be more disappointed with this thing, not because my hopes were high, but just that they couldn't even, they do not even meet a sort of minimum standard of what I need from a software platform that does what it does. Mm-hmm. They they sort of advertise themselves as um, a, a catch-all for these things. Like, do you need a way to organize your documents or your just your data? Do you want better looking spreadsheets? Do you need a project management system? And they tout all these integrations and everything. And the one of the many dirty secrets is that their integrations are one way. Yep. Like, you can pull into Monday, but you can't push out of Monday. So, yeah, if you like the way Trello works for managing uh, tasks, that's great. But you you know you can't have it sync with monday where every movement in trello corresponds to monday it'll just sort of push stuff one way um actually i think it works the other way doesn't it push from monday out to trello and not vice versa uh, it's, i forget whatever it's it is, convoluted either way it goes 
I I have a folder in like in a professional context labeled fucking Monday, which is <laughs> there's literally like 90 emails between me and support on that. Yeah. And and my hands are tied in just a professional context. I have to use this. Um, but the thing that just jumped out at me a couple of weeks ago, which is uh, this stuns me as a digital professional. I use their apps both on desktop and on my iPad. And I was traveling. I only had my iPad. They had just rolled out an app update. So, you know, open up the app, nothing's working right. Like I can't like move items. And so I uninstall it and I go to the app store, reinstall it. Sure enough, you know, new, there's an update available that didn't, for some reason, didn't automatically update. Um, so I get this new version and then it's full of bugs. Things that worked the day before on the previous version no longer work. Like just cra- just crazy stuff. Like they've they've done and stupid design decisions like the on their uh, swim lane version, like a Kanban board. They've done away with the background colors for the lanes so all of a sudden it just looks like you have a bunch of cards floating in space and you're like oh really if i have to touch and drag i kind of need to know where the lane is plus we had color coordinated our lanes so we had to fix this so i start reporting bugs every time i see a bug there's a little way in the app to report it so i report it it sends a screenshot and i'm like okay another bug another bug so this granted their support is wonderful because they have made up for shoddy product development by like staffing like great support personnel they are quick now you can't chat with them and you can't call them (laughs) but they're very quick on the email um yeah but let me let me just jump for some reason well wait 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 we use monday too and we've actually stopped using monday and i'm going to actually give our replacement in our winners list so stay tuned for that good good um but like I, every time I reached out to support, all I got was, oh, thanks for this recommendation. We'll pass it on to our developers well, and see if they, I'm like, well, then that's not, they, 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 all they did was just pile the bullshit somewhere else. Exactly. That is a, that is a problem. I agree. But they are quick to respond. Yeah, so, and, exactly. And they're quick to they, tell you, well, well, you know, it's not something we're working on, but you know, thanks for the rec. Thanks for the right. thought. They're, they're, they're quick and polite and <laughs> they, they have information. It's just that 98% of the time that information is, yeah, that doesn't work. Yep. So, um, yeah, we'll, we should we should disclaim that for sure. But the um, uh, so I'm reporting these bugs. Well, this opens up a separate ticket. Now yeah, I get that you know, like I've had to work with sports software. Yeah, every time I, I don't know how I would have made it smarter, but it does seem like if one user is reporting a whole bunch of bugs, you want to group those together into one ticket. You know, because the way that app bug reporting works is it's it's automatically sending the screenshot, as I recall. So. You know, I'm I'm reporting everything that I see. Now I have nine support personnel replying to me. Oh no! So I I work with them to consolidate that into like, hey, you're. I'm just telling you, you rolled out an update and you screwed things up. Like you need to roll back this update because you have you know. And I, granted, I'm one user, whatever. Sure. So one of the things they tell me to do is go here and check whatever. So I click on this link, uh, I open it in Firefox on my iPad, and I get a warning that says. It looks like you're using an outdated version of Safari. You you need to make Safari uh, use cookies. So I take a screenshot of that because it's not in the app. It doesn't do it automatically. I have to email them back and I say, hey, so I tried to go to that page you told me to go to. This is what I get. I'm using Firefox on an iOS. It says Safari. So I think your browser detect just doesn't know 
like you, you know, there's a thing in web code where you run a browser detect, to find out what browser they're using. I was like, it just doesn't know that I'm using Firefox and they reply. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We got the browser detect thing is wrong. Um, and, and I, I said, well, this doesn't work. And they're like, right. We don't support mobile browsers. <laughs> and this is the thing I can't I cannot express how stupid that is. And so my reply is like, if you are a work OS, shouldn't you function in whatever environment I am going to work in? Like wherever, because I'm on an iPad and your app is screwed up. And now you're telling me you just flat out don't support mobile browsers. This blows my mind. I mean, I've been working on the web for 20 plus years and for a good half of that, more than that, even I, I like, but the thing we lead with is like, like there's a phrase mobile first design. That yeah. is what you do when you're making a website. Maybe not when you're making like a web software, but still like every, every statistic you look at shows this people are, are, you know, prefer seeing things on mobile devices. That's just what we're using. Well, now if you're going mean, to lump iPads into and iPhones together, like I know that gets confusing, but come on on i could not i could too, not believe this yeah let me just say too that they when they support uh browsers on the desktop and you know fully just you know complete you can log into monday on a desktop on a firefox browser and have no problem why can't you well, do the same on an ipad like what's the difference between right. an ipad what's and a difference? desktop like unless you're I, using they, an ipad one and they're like hey look you just don't I, have the, the the processing power to deal with this fine right but like that should be a warning that pops up once you've logged well, in to the freaking if, bro oh god yeah if you're a web app you know like that is the primary way people get to this it's not like they're pushing people on their mobile apps yeah. like like i would say uh, all i there are two people uh so, so let's say like 20 percent of my team uses the the desktop app everyone else is in the web version of this in a browser mm -hmm. which by the way is a resource hog because i have i have caught this thing taking up a gigabyte of ram <laughs> before yeah. and had to kill it um but what you just pointed out speaks to this like larger problem with this software which is they I can see that you, when you launch, you say, you know what? We can't support mobile out of the gate. Our developers need to like move fast on this other stuff. So we're just going to throw up a browser detect that says, Hey, we're not supporting this version or your cookies aren't right. Whatever it was that was causing the issue, but they've never gone back to do that. So they've gotten to the point where they're spending money to advertise themselves on huge podcasts, but they're not going back to fix these problems. And another case in point to that is they have so many beta features that never leave beta. So you'll say, like I've reported this bug over and over where it's like, hey, your sub items don't work in the Kanban view. Everything should work in every view. Like yeah. don't launch a feature unless it works in every view. And their response is always like, yeah, that feature's in beta, but why don't you subscribe here to find out when it comes, when it comes out of beta. And I'm like, I've been subscribed for 11 months and you guys have not rolled out a beta. The point of beta is to find the bugs and either fix them and launch or roll back. Like this is infuriating. Like you were just using beta as an excuse for like, we're not going to do this. Our product team is just subpar. Like it is, 
incredibly frustrating and i i have i have told them and i will tell everyone listening to this i if i could take back my uh my whatever it wasn't so much approval as like acquiescence on this yeah but i would strongly recommend nobody use this platform for definitely for project management and yeah. i would it and the, the it works so poorly for that that i would say you know <laughs> go in with heavy heavy caveats and and test hard because if they can't if they can't make it work for one thing and they're advertising that it works for everything yeah doubt them let me let anyway, me let me yeah. just throw the final coda on this number one i can i support i uh support everything you've said we like i said we were on it we have since moved off of it for all those reasons and more um there are definitely better better versions of the same thing out there it has you know it's a company that does a lot of like you know sort of hip and sort of you know apple like marketing like you watch some of their commercials and it's like they really do try to they try to make themselves feel like oh you know we're that easy clean beautiful to look at app and blah 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 and so don't be bamboozled by that and it, it the frustrating thing is if they just had a product development team that gave a crap it would be fine but it's it's like they put out the version one and then never bothered to update it and they yes. like to your point yes. you know they've, they've staffed up on this customer service to like deal with all these issues i'm like how about you spend all your money on a product dev team that can just maybe less on customer support and more just making the product better like i can't we we went right. into it kind of with that you know i was sort of seduced by the you know kind of by the marketing and sort of how you know how they presented it and again there are trust me there are better versions out there we'll get to them in just a second but i yeah monday.com <laughs> stay away keep your keep your daughters away just it's not it's not worth it it could develop into something great but they have to pivot from supporting complaints and bugs to proactively fixing their platform. Let me and also throw I one. Don't see, yeah. I don't see them doing that at all. And I've been using them since January. So let me throw one know. more insult to injury. They do not let you get uh, a pro, like a business, you know, like one of their pro plans. They don't let you get it for less than three seats. So if you have a team mm. where you just want to give, you know, you want to give like guest access and they just have two seats, you have to buy a third ghost seat that just sits there unused month after month. And I asked them like, why don't you just let two? Like, like I, 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 in this particular situation, I just have two of us that need full access. The rest are guests. They're like, well, you know, we found that most people have three. I'm like, yeah, but I, I have two. What do you suggest? Like, well, you can either just buy a third one um, or just go back to the regular plan. I'm like, that doesn't, s no, that's not, yeah. I'm telling you right now, I just, I want to buy the pro plan for two. Oh God, it's it's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> I've got three more losers. I'll, I'll go through them quickly. <laughs> Because we, we got to start wrapping up here. I'll, I'll go like yeah. lightning round style. Uh, All right, Tectivus isn't over till you pin me, George. Three, <laughs> three losers. Uh, easy, easy to talk about. Apple, the Apple TV app on Roku is garbage. Um, really, okay. it has since gotten better, like in the last week or two. But I tell you, I, we there's been so many nights. My wife and I have tried to watch either Ted Lasso or Physical or some show, and it you, know, you pull up the episode you want to watch, and it goes, "This episode is not available right now." And it, it no matter what you hmm. do, and sometimes you have to like literally go into the previous episode 
go to the end credits so that it automatically rolls into the next episode and even mm. then sometimes it doesn't work it is one of the most excruciating it was slow Weird. it was buggy sometimes you'd open it it wouldn't even load it would just go back to the roku home screen i mean thing after problem after problem after problem i can't tell you how many times i open it up just to give it a one star rating just so that you know some <laughs> feedback could happen you know and it's it, it, i wrote in that's into, funny Apple support going, you guys, either don't even make this available. This is a this isn't good. It's um, the, it's the last piece of the conversion, and you you're you've almost got Taylor fully on board. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> Just not fix this. <laughs> I'm not abandoning you until until Apple puts out a you like a, a, a HDMI stick and with their, without having to have a bunch of the bull box. crap sit. Yeah, I will never buy like Roku was genius by putting out just that stick because then it, you can keep your shelf hmm. clean and it does the same thing. Like you don't need a box sitting there unless that box is a hard drive that will play my local files too, which it never is. Um, I right. don't need it. I don't want it so anyway apple well, tv that, on the roku yeah that's Sorry. interesting so you're using a roku stick yep have okay. since so, uh, 2018 love it i have a roku tv and apple tv works pretty well for me okay now i have bones to pick with their ui because um so i you know this was just i bought a phone and i got whatever a month or two free of apple tv same so i i just you know, installed it on my Roku, like, you know, did the uh, match the app and then watched all of Ted Lasso and Mythic Quest and unsubscribed. Um, but I didn't understand the UI, like what's free? Like what's an Apple show that's free on this? You know, yeah. like yeah. I think the Amazon Prime app looks worse um, on Roku, but it works better because they're up in the top nav. There is a free to me and mm-hmm. you can just go up there and everything's sorted. Like now you can click in yeah. movies or shows. They're all free to you yep. on Apple TV. I was constantly clicking on things and it'd be like, you know, rent it for only twenty nine ninety nine. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, <laughs> why am I paying you $5 to then pay you to rent stuff? Like this is, this is a weird situation. So that I wonder if that's, um, that's interesting. Cause I, I, I you, one of my winners is my Roku TV. But anyway, go. I love, what's, I what's love your next? the Roku. I love the Roku. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, yeah, we we could do a whole episode on just the poor UX UI of all these streaming apps because it's just it's remarkable oh, how little thought has been put into most of them. Um, yeah, they say that the for panels that we're referring to in the name of our show is is television panels. That's exactly <laughs> that's what we're pivoting to for the next <laughs> six uh, six months or so. Next on my list, without getting too much into details, a lot of I, I, we still develop for WordPress. We still love WordPress, and there are kind of like you know th- we've we've moved from a world of themes to a world of frameworks, which is right. you buy a framework and you can you know basically build Drag your theme from yeah build your theme yeah. from scratch or import and you just use that framework on every site we've kind of arrived in a world with two such frameworks vying for the top spot one is called um uh, wp it used to be wp bakery pay uh, a visual composer now it's called page yeah. builder but the wp bakery visual composer and the other one is elementor and you know i have sadly seen more people use elementor lately than the other one and i have to tell you that is a horrible mistake elementor is garbage it is one of the most garbage nonsensical <laughs> hard to use things ever developed for wordpress uh, ever and if you compare it to visual you know if you uh, compare it to page builder slash visual composer it's 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 a night and day difference like there's no competition so i please if you're out there using wordpress and you're using elementor stop it stop it right now <laughs> 
uh, either just go build on Squarespace or switch over because I if I have if I inherit another site for a client or for for something where it's Elementor's in there, I'm going to just just I'm going to instantly delete it and just build it again in Visual Composer because I can't Whew. I can't even begin to for me to get into why Elementor's garbage would be another three hours and I'd have to have like a YouTube yeah. video like it was a flat Earth video just where I'd have to go through all these nuanced <laughs> things and you'd have to sit there and like listen to it. Because it's oh just, God. it's so terrible. And then finally, and this is, this is a less, this is probably, this probably isn't fair, but I'll throw it out there anyway. I just, as I've mentioned, we have a MacBook Pro now. I have a Steam account and I had a, you know, a library of about six or seven games in there that I've enjoyed. And half of them are not playable on the MacBook Pro because Steam does not have every game uh, in cross, in basically cross-platform mode. So a lot of those games were Windows only. I bring this up as more of a public service announcement for you all. So if you get a MacBook and you think you have some Windows games that will work on the MacBook or work in Mac OS, uh, please double check that because they do not. Now, again, not to, not to undercut that, but I do. I wonder if that's a develop the de- independent developer. But I was floored when you told me this because um, there are humble bundles I've I have participated in where the they were they indicated this is for mac windows or steam you know so it would give you three licenses and so i always thought well if you have a steam license it plays everywhere that was i but so, i thought yeah. yeah why wouldn't you think that anyway yeah. my only other loser that i i want to um you know suplex before we move on to the winners of Tectivus is uh i boy i <laughs> i medium I have the, the, you know, medium.com. The blog. Uh, I was, I was a big fan of when it was, uh, when it's, when it seemed that their focus was going to be on article writing and the more it has become everyone's personal blog and, and specifically the more it refers those things to me, like it's like recommended for you. And I, cause for the longest time I, I have that like, guilt feeling of my backlog is so huge. I'll never get through it. So I had all these articles bookmarked. And so recently I had opened it up and thought I'm going to start getting through this backlog and I'd start reading them and I'm like, Oh, these aren't actually articles. These are just opinion pieces from people. Yeah. Um, and not only that, like just not supported opinion, you know, things that like should have a bunch of links in them for support and evidence and just don't. And it just, it became like, oh, we're back to like whatever that uh, whatever what was the blog. It was blogger.com was the software. But at some point there was a big like everybody had a blog spot, you know, and I was like, ugh, we're just back to that. Um, yeah, yeah. Not to say like I haven't published on Medium in a long time, but I, I constantly consider it because I don't want to have a personal blog. I think like, well, if I want to write long pieces, which may be opinion pieces or something, that's probably where I should do it. But anyway, it was just sort of a, a very, it's a slight grievance, but I, 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 I guess I wouldn't mind it if those personal opinion pieces or, or sort of slighter um, articles were on it, as long as they didn't get recommended to me, you know, it's uh, like, okay. but I'm not, I'm not following this person and I hopefully I'm not following things that, so, you know, things that would lead this to me. I've, I've also noticed like, I'll read things that are, uh, I'll read a lot of articles that are like, um, <laughs> skeptical is not the right word uh that are 
anti-faith, you know, like something that's like disproving this claim of the Christian church or disproving this superstition or something. And Mm -hmm. then it will recommend things to me from Christians or other spiritualists. And I'm like, why are I, I'm not interested in like their non-fact based (laughs) <laughs> that's an, that's an algorithm you know? fail there that's that's like exactly so i do has a plus instead of a negative in that formula. exactly I feel, so i feel like it's like there it's like a it's like just recommending tags to me or something not yeah not uh smartly you know using some ai to like figure out what to recommend to me so it's like, like i said a minor grievance but let's move on to the winners well, real, real quick, and, i'm just i'm oh, just yeah, now yeah. i just went to the website for the first time in a while because i had the app on my phone um their ux is look it, really ugly They've, like the whole thing looks, changed it looks junky like not junky but the whole thing looks straight out of like 2006 like it has that like hey it's a it's type pad from 2006 it's like mm. to your point we we just we already did this like we've we've been there before i don't know uh, all right it, yeah interesting yeah uh, yeah. Let's do winners because we want to end on a high note. Uh, yeah. And I'm, we're probably going to cut some of the previous stuff. So, you know, <laughs> we've been going for a while. Um, I look forward to editing out some of my. There's, my, there's like two people that would probably just love to listen to us like rant about everything. But you're right. Yeah. Be cut. Let's end on a high um, note. We got some winners. You got some. I got some. Let's go quick through this. Yeah. And just kind of like I mentioned. Out. My Roku TV, I went years without a TV and during the lockdown, I bought one and so I just bought a Roku. It's like a TCL Roku TV, Roku enabled, and I've just loved it. Like it has been such a a winner for me and like how easy it is to use and to set up new apps and um, just it's finally it's kind of like that thing of like, oh, this is finally at the place where I needed it to be. It is finally a giant tablet with apps on it and i just interact with those apps that's you know, great that's how you watch streaming now there's definitely technical problems i often have it like crash in certain apps and i've learned to like unplug it from time to time which i think kind of clears a, a cache or something that's the modern but, equivalent of blowing on the nintendo cartridge by the way you, un- <laughs> you, unplug, exactly. you, you just pull you unplug your your roku and plug it back in it's like oh it's back we're back but yeah i've really enjoyed it uh what about you I, oh, I I put one in here for you. Oh, because you had hyped it up in Discord. Okay, that's that second one there. Oh yeah, so he Todd put in the put in Mist, and yes, the game Mist. Apple has just announced their apps of the year, and strangely, Mist they they remastered it for VR, and it looks amazing. But I I had just didn't realize that they had also put that same remaster out as a. Um, as a, I think it's probably on PC too, but it's definitely available as a Mac app. You just get it in the Mac store, and it, it's beautiful. It's the best version of the game that exists. If you are a longtime fan, um, there's new things to sort of look at and discover. But they also had this interesting twist where um, you can randomize the puzzles. So if you're used to playing it and you know all the answers already, you know the puzzles, you can randomize it so it's all new again. Which is you don't you know you can't rely on the cheats and the on all of that or just past history so that's cool it just looks amazing it looks it's like the best version of the game that's ever existed 30 years later this you know little cd-rom game that changed the world is still still doing it and i i'm a big fan of cyan who's the the developer behind it uh rand miller still runs it uh a little independent studio in spokane and i just they're doing great work so support them grab miss play it again wonderful game um another interestingly and i I had 
the fact that this was also an app of the year, I think Mist was their game of the year, and then Craft was their app of the year. I had uh, already started playing with Craft before that announcement because I've been a little bit. I don't hate OneNote, but I've definitely I've grown beyond its limitations, and I just I needed to move to something else because it was starting to turn into Evernote, where it just it was a place where all my notes and ideas just went to die, um, and needed it to be a little bit more. I needed something that I was engaging with more. And so Craft is a notes app, very similar to Evernote and OneNote and even Notion and those kinds of things. But um, it's simplified. The design is beautiful. Um, they're, they're early. They only came out last year. So this is like, you know, this is year mm. one of this new company. And their roadmap looks pretty uh, you know, ambitious and impressive. And like they really want, unlike Monday, they really want this to be uh, a productivity app that you can kind of use however you want and not feel like you're being you know kind of forced into a certain flow of things so there's a lot of great features now it's only they're only going to add to it um i i, I kind of like supporting a company like this strangely enough they feel like evernote used to back when phil libin was still running it he was the original founder i think no he was either the founder or like the first main ceo they had but evernote used to have kind of a they used to just have a different feel. They, they, you know, they cared about the product and they sort of, it was more fun to be an Evernote customer. That's kind of where craft is right now. So if you're looking what? for either a new notes app or your first notes app and you want, you know, a lot of customization and integration, but also just a no nonsense kind of beautiful design use craft. That's what I would go for. That's you cool. You, you just called to mind, <laughs> sorry to throw in another pop culture reference, but you, you said there something about the roadmap and unlike Monday. And I thought, yeah, that's another thing. Monday always refers me to the roadmap. Oh, this is on the roadmap. This is on the roadmap. And I think of the Seinfeld where he reserves a uh, rental car and then it's not there. And, oh, and yeah. she's like, yeah, we have your reservation. We just don't have your car. And he's like, well, that's the, that's the part of it. That's important. Anybody can just have a roadmap Monday. <laughs> <laughs> what's important Monday is actually doing what's on the roadmap. <laughs> well, and speaking of Monday, so I mentioned uh, we moved, we left Monday just this week. Like so many things have happened this week. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, so we left Monday and we went to a new program called ClickUp. Um, and I discovered them through, I just typed, I just typed in, cause strangely I was actually doing research on moving out of OneNote, and I just typed in like uh, note apps compared. And there's this beautiful little site that like compares all of them. And you can like choose which huh. features you want to do. Um, hang on a second here. Uh, uh, note app compare. It's uh, called, uh, I'll find it in just a second. Anyway. Um, so I found click up on that and then realized, Oh no, this is more like a project management tool. And I'll hmm. just, I'll, the only thing I'll say is that it, um, it's as if it, it as if it's the same thing as Monday, same ideas, basically the same layout, same structure, but only in this case, they have a product development team who cares. And so it's like, yeah. like, oh, this is what Monday would be five years from now if they gave a crap. Um, I'll also say, uh, I was bristling a little against your, your praise for Monday's support because when you have dealt with ClickUp support, you realize how deficient it is in almost every other company. ClickUp support, I can't even tell you. They say on their website, you know, like we have our number one, you know, number one rated, top rated support team. And you see that and you're like, yeah, whatever. They, that's true. Like I've only been using them a couple days now and like they have a chat, you know, you can, you can do a ticket, but their chat um, feature works great. And I've never, it's been rare that I have a, a, a chat app that, 
you want to engage with because you're actually going to get quick, relevant answers. Like I can go in and have a question and they're not following a script at all. Like they jump right in. They, you know, they have like, they have click up on their side. So they're able to like diagnose it and they basically give you like a no nonsense. Like, Hey, you're absolutely right. This is a bug. We've already escalated this. You don't, you know, here's your ticket reference number. You don't have to do anything. They'll get in touch with you when it's done. And so in two days I submitted a bug. The bug has been fixed and I got an email back going, Hey, it's done. Thanks so much. We appreciate it. I'm like, Holy crap. (laughs) This is what it should be. Um, yeah, I, I would similarly praise HubSpot support. Oh, that really? I Interesting. love interacting with them. Like you can chat That's with surprising. them and they are on the line with you a minute later. And it's the same thing. If you report a bug, they will go, oh, you're right. That's a bug. We're going to email you when we fix that. And now that, and that's very rare for me to report bugs, but there have been a couple of times where I, I show them something or they go like, oh, that's, you know, we didn't consider that use case. We'll report that. And it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, it's, so, it's a huge point so far on click. I mean, we've, again, we've only been click up about a week and I'm way happier. Um, cause a lot of the things that I was having problems with on Monday are not problems on click up. And again, their roadmap God. looks pretty cool and impressive. They've got, they've, they're early, you know, they're still an early company. Um, not as new as, as craft, but they're moving along and I'm, I'm instantly a fan. Like they've really, I mean, in a, in a week they've basically endeared themselves to me. Whereas if they, you know, if something goes wrong next week, I, they've got a lot of grace. Like I'll be like, oh no, that's fine. Yeah, they're they've they've they know what they're doing. Um, that's a huge point. Yeah. The website, by the way, where I compare, you can compare all these notes app. It's called noteapps.info. Noteapps.info, and you cool. can you load up all of them, basically any, all the major ones, and you can compare across anything. You know, what's the encryption like? What's the text formatting like? What's the customer support like? And get kind of really good detailed information. So keep that handy. And then finally. Um, one final winner for me. Uh, I've been a, f- a fan of them and have been using them for a while, but this year especially, I've just gotten a lot of use out of it. Brain.fm, uh, B-R-A-I-N.fm. It started off as a website, still exists, but their app is fantastic. It is binaural um, audio. Oh, and, interesting. And they have the, the the kind of the killer feature they've added recently is now you you know they used to have kind of like a few stock you know like you just just load it up now you can go hey i want to de-stress and they have like mm-hmm. the de-stress category and so it's it's music um but it's all binaural so it hits the left ear and the right ear at different uh frequencies and at different timings and it's supposed to um you know kind of reorient your brain and actually you know, hack your brain so to speak so that you can focus more or de-stress and i swear to god that distress one works like a charm like every time i'm super anxious or I've had too much coffee. I play that for like 30 minutes mm. and I'm like, I can get into a flow state so much faster using brain wow. FM. Um, well, I, I, go ahead. Sorry. I've literally just downloaded this as you're talking about it because all of that, uh, scratches me where I itch where I have other apps that do things like that, like calm. Yeah. Calm's uh, a good one too. It has uh, that, headspace. It's same. same it's not idea. so focused, you know, that, um, like yeah, I love the idea of an app that just does one thing. I'm glad you said that because yeah, calm headspace. There's other things that have that component, but there's usually like a meditation thing involved. There's other things involved. This is just like, give me just this audio and, and you know, Spotify even has some binaural playlists too, but like brain FM was developed almost like, remember when Pandora first came out, it was a use case for the music genome project. So it's like, they didn't intend right. Westergren didn't intend to like build a streaming app. He's like, Hey, look, I've got this amazing algorithm that, that, completely crushes it in terms of uh you know giving you related music uh we need a use case for it i know pandora and then that just kind of became what it would ultimately did 
Brain FM, similarly, I think was a use case for this their binaural technology that has now become a business onto itself. So it's just it's to your point, yeah, it's focused yeah. on just that. Cool. You, um, I pay for the monthly subscription because I can get access to all their audio. I think it's money well spent. Um, I've never how much is it? Like five bucks a month or something like that. Oh, okay. Very very affordable, and there's a free version too. So I I just say that in case you're like, well, I have to pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you well, like I was it, pay ask. for it. Well, cool. I've, I've gotten to this point this year, too, where I am much more interested in paying for apps where there's a good team in place where I know, like, hey, this is headed somewhere, and, like, I know my money spent is helping that team make the thing better. Like, well, um, it's just, yeah. I you know, prior to this year, I, you know, I, I always kind of felt that, but way more sparsely, and now I'm like, shoot, there's an app, like, like again, I going back to craft, I'm like, man, they just completed year one. Here, take take my 50 bucks for the year like see what you yeah. guys can like i want to be a, like it's almost like t- taking programs and making me a patron you know kind of creating yeah. a patron system well, and making me feel like that and i to me uh um because i feel the same way and what i think of all the time and what i remind others of when they are looking for free apps is like it, it, it goes along with the apple privacy protections if you're not paying for the app then you're not the customer. You're yeah. the product. Yep. What are they doing with your data to make money? Yep. And that and to to Apple's credit, that because of the way they've structured their ecosystem, that's not as much of a problem on Apple as it is on Android and Windows because Android and Windows thrive on like that open source third party stuff. Yeah, that means you're not the consumer. You're the thing being sold. Yep. So, I'm definitely happy to pay for apps that do a thing that I value, you know? Um, but well, oh my and, God, we've talked so long. Well, let me, let me just one more, <laughs> one more thing on that. And it's more likely now that if you pay for an app, it's less like, it's it's more likely that that company won't try to find a quick exit, right? So right, it's like, it's not right. ad support. It's like, it's like if they're, if they're turning on subscriptions soon in their, their life cycle as a company, they probably want to be around longer as an independent entity. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Because those just, ones that don't, they're waiting for some, they have an exit strategy, which is someone acquires us for yep. all of our data, and then we're done developing this. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, let's let's wrap it there, because we could keep going. Like I said, we'll probably I know. have to we edit could, some of this, and, and oh my God, I, we talked for a while. I wanted to mention in closing that the first time we did a Tectivus was five years ago. It's episode number 25. Oh, wow. And as I look at the description that we wrote, <laughs> it's a uh, Todd won't shut up about pure Android. So <laughs> we've barely moved forward. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still trying to get that pure experience, you know, like the single device that does the single thing or whatever. But if you want to check that out, I, I thought it was funny to, to mention that um, you can find all of our episodes at panelism.inc. Usually. Um, it's up right uh, now. I just pulled it <laughs> okay, up. Okay, good. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. And uh, you can Follow us on Instagram, although we haven't posted there in a long time, but it's no. also panelism.inc. Um, anything else we need to plug? No, I'm looking I, forward I, to, I feel a, like, to more of this in the, in the new year. We've got some plans. I and, agree. You know, we're going to be talking more comics and culture, and, and I think you're going to hear from us more consistently now, especially We've, that some of these tech issues are solved. <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say. We have griped a lot today, but... Uh, behind the scenes, we've actually solved some pretty pretty huge problems. And uh, so that's exciting to think like, oh, well, 
maybe we can start moving ahead faster yeah yeah it'll be fun uh this will probably be the last episode of the year so uh here's cheers to 21 uh if we don't hear if you don't hear from us uh between now and 22 it's been a great b- busy as hell but still good year and i think a it's nice a, yeah. recuperation from last year which was <laughs> we didn't want to re- rehash that right um, exactly yeah i look forward to um to talking about the year of 2021 in the year 2022 exactly exactly <laughs> well from all of us here at panelism thanks so much for listening oh. we appreciate it you know uh it's been fun I, thank, thank you oh, you have more more to say no 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 i feel like we're probably gonna fade out like 30 minutes ago from where we are probably. recording now we should just start at a long slow fade yeah, but i, long, I was just fade. thinking like one thing I miss is that uh, on the Sound of Young America, Jesse Thorne used to sign off by saying, our show is produced by speaking into microphones, which <laughs> I always thought was funny um, because he didn't have a production team. And when you said all of us at Panelism, I thought, yeah, our show is produced by us. Yep. <laughs> yep. Our, and, we and, should list. We should just list. We should do that thing where it's like our editor is Taylor Trask. Our our uh, sound yeah. engineer is Todd. It's just like, like list ourselves, but just all those things. Our associate producer, yeah. Todd A. Our associate producer, Taylor Trask. Just keep, keep going. Our graphic designer, our <laughs> <laughs> notes writer, or yeah, Taylor and Todd. Panelism is produced in front of a live studio audience who is mostly silent. No, it's.